You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Desperate Housewives. Hi, everybody. How's everyone doing tonight? I'm Derek Shore, along with Sarah Stretton, Roxy Stryer. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Tonight is really exciting for me because I feel like this is kind of a reunion. It's been a long time since all of us have been in the How studio long? together. For oh. too long. Since last season. Yeah. This is the first time this season we've all been in the studio together. Of course, yeah, we've yeah. got DJ Jesse in the booth. Jesse, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. What up? And uh, if any of you have watched tonight's episode and you want to call in and talk about some of the things you saw or weigh in about the things uh, that we are going to be talking about tonight, you heard the number in the intro. It's 424-256-1729. So call us. Perfect. It was a pretty good episode tonight, right? Yeah. I would say that overall I got a good vibe from this episode. Um, Someone brought up this weekend. I was telling them about AfterBuzz, and they were like, what show do you do? And I was like, Desperate Housewives. And they were like, is that still on? And I wanted to cry. (laughs) Oh. And I was like, they were like, oh, I stopped after like season four. And I was like. I feel like that's the theme with a lot of people. And if if you even mention the word housewives, people naturally think of. Beverly Hills. Right. Or New Jersey or Atlanta or something like that. All I think that housewives. overall this season has been so awesome that this episode in this season, not the best episode this season, but still on par with the, a good season. Which character is standing out to you the most, Roxy, right now? Uh, in, in a good way. In, in any way. Um, I guess I'm going to go with Carlos. Oh, interesting. Uh, because I like his storyline. It's sad um, what's going on with him, but I feel like we're getting layers to him and kind of seeing the difference between him and Gabby when usually they're more clumped as one. Yeah, they've been pretty in sync uh, yeah. lately. Their marriage has seemed pretty strong. But you totally called it tonight, Roxy, during one of the commercial breaks after we saw that uh, Carlos stopped by Mike and Susan's house. And Mike said, essentially, stay away from Susan because right. these conversations may be helping you, but they're not helping her. Um, you were totally like, oh, well, welcome to Carlos the Alcoholic. Yeah. You know what? They dropped hints about it earlier uh, when there was the bottle next to him. And he said, you know, I've been hitting it pretty hard recently. I want to kind of... Not what did he, he said, say? I don't want to do make that a thing. thing. Of, yeah, I don't, don't want to make a thing of it or something. Yeah. Uh, and but then the last shot is him just holding the bottle, like exactly. And the, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I could picture that one. It was complete foreshadowing there. Uh, I just think that this is really sad what he has to go through, and and being like and feeling like he's getting blamed by other people. It's it's sad. Yeah, it's funny how like in in TV world we we are like rooting for these characters and we want them to get away with it because we know you know that it's it's no problem it's just television of course they should get away with it yeah but, but he's a murderer yeah exactly when you put it in perspective and you think oh wow they actually did kill someone and we probably shouldn't be doing that in real life right 
Yeah, yeah, but still at the same time, I think even if this was real life, I would be torn. I would for sure be torn about something like this because uh, not with the way he dealt with it, but with the actual murdering of Gabby's father. Is it completely wrong? It was self-defense. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and if they hadn't panicked and if they had called the cops, right. then, of course, things would be different. But I think Gabby and Carlos, though, sorry to cut you off. No, I know no, you're about you're to good. say something. Gabby and Carlos, this, they're, they're a perfect example of, like, real life versus television because Gabby's character, I mean, I think she's phenomenal. I think she's great. She's yeah. fun. She's pretty. I mean, look at her. She's got, like, these great clothes on. She's coming from her spa day. In real life... A woman like this would drive me crazy. Oh, yeah. 45 oh, minutes ridiculous. late to this PTA meeting, totally self-involved. And then she has the nerve to say that these other PTA women are selfish when clearly she has just totally demonstrated well, how selfish she is. this is a completely is. unbelievable aspect of tonight's episode for me. I thought she was beyond over the top, beyond just everything felt so forced and like trying to be funny or trying to play a stereotype. And I come from an area where there are women who literally spend their days at the spa, you know, with their manicures weekly. Tell our viewers where that is, Sarah. Where is that area? You know, just certain areas of California. I want to grow up in that area. Southern California. There's just certain parts where, like, you're used to the the moms coming in in their full-on juicy tracksuits, you know? And And you want to slap them. And you're like, your hair is perfect, your makeup is perfect. It is 9 a.m. on the dot, and you look like you went to spin and then got ready. (laughs) Like... I've been there, but this was even beyond that. It was like, oh, they're jealous of me. And I was like, Gabby, you've grown. You do have a brain. This is horrible even for you. And to the point where I found her annoying in this episode. Oh, and annoying too. on the part that I wasn't beyond like, the character annoying just, but just like almost the writing of it and everything. I was not happy no. with how over the top she was portrayed. Wow. You, like you hate Eva Longoria after this episode. No, like I like Eva Longoria. I'm but totally like kidding. I was literally like, really you had to take it that far to make it was a, a little point? far. No. Like she could have been, oh, continue. No, I just completely dif- disagree with you. I feel like oh, you of all people, you just said, I know women like this. I know women exactly like this. And I didn't like her. Of course not. But that wasn't even what bothered me the most about it. It was the fact that haven't we been spending eight seasons with Gabby having an arc and and changing and becoming a better person? I feel like this was completely Gabby five seasons ago. You are so right about that. And they just, You're so it, right. There was no buildup to it. They just threw it in there all of a sudden. I was, why, why? Why did they want that to happen? But don't you know? also feel, though, that a few episodes ago, or a few seasons ago, rather, when Gabby's character became like the frumpy mom? And her hair was short. She never wore makeup on the show. And all of us were like, oh, we kind of want glossy, sparkly Gabby back. And instead we have dumpy, mumpy Gabby. But I felt like she, yes, immediately she was back with the hair and the makeup and the expensive everything. And the brain that doesn't function. Well, but that's but that's exactly it, though. It's like like you know, on on the outside, Gabby looked exactly the same. But I think that's an excellent point that suddenly she seems totally out of touch, despite all the drama of the murder and covering up Carlos's crime right. and all of the family stuff they've been through, and even her daughter Grace, who came back. I mean, this family has been through a lot, and suddenly in this episode. Gabby is like this clueless woman. Who completely forgot about all of her experiences and all of her history right. on the show. Uh, not even Longoria's fault. I do also believe this was the writer's fault. Um, but I'm just saying I, I think it's completely realistic. I, we think, saw it went, it for I think it went beyond realistic. And I've seen people who are, I think, the extreme of 
I mean, like just up there with the looks and that being important. But I've never heard anyone say, oh, well, you're all jealous of me, so I'm going to hire my team to come treat you like me for the day. <laughs> that was a really good impression, Sarah. Thanks. Acting major. Oh, wow. I didn't no, know that. But, but really, like that was just like a whole nother level. Like there's one thing when you can tell someone's conceited and like think they're, it's all about them. But some people like, are like, I know I'm conceited. I'm going to say I'm conceited. And you can be like me. Like there's something there that's just not beyond not natural no people who are so self-involved with like to that extent totally don't see it but i'm saying she isn't that anymore so either way maybe if this had been a few seasons ago it wouldn't have bothered you as much maybe you would have thought it was more realistic but it was so out of left field to me and it it just and and it wasn't as funny as it could have been i thought you know you almost you wanted to cringe more than laugh oh this episode talk about cringing i was squeezing sarah's legs so much this episode did you cringe during this nude scene during the nude scene for sure oh i was i was cringing left and right during the lynette scene also with the, with the dating. With the dating. Be- we'll get there, but oh my God. And before we leave Gabby really quickly, yeah. you know, here at After Buzz, we like to impart knowledge. Not that we have a lot of knowledge to impart, but we like to have interesting conversation. One thing that I just want to set the record straight about, when Gabby shows up at the PTA meeting and she brings in her whole team, uh, the masseur, the nail person, the hair person, and she says, you no longer have to be jealous of my fabulous life. She says to the man who's there to massage people, this is my favorite masseuse. People, viewers, listeners, if you're out there, a masseuse is a woman. A masseur is a man. If you want to make them generic, you say massage therapist. Exactly. So please never refer oh to a male massage therapist guys, as a masseuse. Wow, you he guys is are really a masseur. about this. Because that's one of those things. It's like when you go to the coffee shop and someone asks if you would like to order an espresso. That word doesn't exist. It's espresso people. Come on. It's very basic. Please remember I'm this. I'm in the room with a couple snobs, I feel like, right hey, now. Hey, listen. Jeff. Desperate Housewives. So you know. So you know. But you would think a show of this stature with this budget would have writers who know. Unnecessary <laughs> roughness. Seriously. You would also think that they would be able to Photoshop a photo better than that little wedding. Thing. That Lynette and Tom photo? Ugh, woof. And, and, and not in the good moment, way. The opening moment of the show was just horrible, or, horrible image quality. Or the CGI on the growing of the grass in the episode, <laughs> in the first episode. What the hell, Desperate Housewives? Let's just say it's season eight. They're get, getting They're a bit sloppy. They're, it's sloppy. They are tired. They are all in old ages. The storyline's still these great. The storyline's great, but they're they're getting lazy. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the nude scene because it's fresh in our minds. We just saw it here on television. Um, great model, by the way, but um, mm-hmm. totally oh. awkward with Susan laughing, right? For the model, even. It's like, it must be embarrassing enough to kind of get in there and be naked and then to have this one obnoxious art woman who's giggling and giggling. Again, what? like love Susan on the show would slap Susan in real life. Oh. Come on, you're in an art class That's and she can't control her giggling. She's obviously been in art class before. You think this would have come up? I understand the uncomfortable come aspect. Come. No pun intended. Uh, on the come or the up. Anyway, uh, Roxy. So. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, Apologies to everyone out there. <laughs> right. Anyway, so I understand uncomfortable laughter, but I, I kind of don't because what about this is funny? 
the human. But what is the funny part about being naked? What? Why was she giggling? And I and I get that sometimes when people say like potty, people giggle or. I guess at nakedness, but she was laughing as it like ha ha laughter, not like he 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 like ha 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 you naked person standing there. This is awkward. Like, pull yourself together, woman. I think it's just a reminder that Susan's character is just a very special breed. You know, she is sort of a kid at heart and clearly lacks a bit of maturity. This is coming but from this, somebody who did porn. Yes, she, that's what I should say. This is coming from someone who's. Been in strip clubs and base- owned a strip club, and- but she was mortified by the by the the, the naughty maid cleaning. Though I mean, she was not. Yeah, but she did it. Like I don't know. It was a little. She much. didn't giggle through it. it well, wasn't like oh my gosh. <laughs> And then she did come around, take off all of her clothes. By the way, I always notice these small things, and I know they're probably insignificant. If if I were in an art class where I thought that I was to show up. And actually be nude myself. You don't walk in with no clothes <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. Thank you. That's so awkward because you got to walk out too. And totally. You would go into the class and then and take off undress. your clothes like with all the other students, right? You wouldn't like leave your clothes at the door and then run into class naked I would yeah. probably, like a fire drill. I would probably wear something easy to get off. Um, so just like any other day you're saying? <laughs> no, even like maybe a robe, but you don't show up completely naked. I totally this agree. Obvious. This so just Bizarre. in case any of us ever you know happens to enroll in one of these classes, we'll know. They have these. Oh, I was going to go way off topic, and then I was going to get that crazy sound that says you're going off topic. So I'm just going to stop, and we're going to go back. <laughs> you know what? What, what is the crazy sound that goes off topic? It says. I was just going to say, at our school, they have art classes where they they pay the students to. Going and model naked. Yeah, absolutely. Every university. And like people do it, and it's like normal, and those are like your peers. Isn't that more awkward? And no one ever has a problem with it. Oh, I mean, it, I mean, in college, you see people naked in the showers all the time, so why not see them naked in an art class? I guess because it's co ed, and so people freak out. I don't know. The whole Maybe. world's you just You know too what I think we I should think. do? If we ever are taking a class like that, we should probably tell the person next to us, be like, I hear the really mature thing to do is just show up naked. Person you hate next to you. Mm-hmm. Unless that person is Susan Delfino, I doubt they'll believe you, Roxy. Hate to break it to you. I, I think many people on the show would believe me. Gabby, she'd show up naked. Renee, she would show up naked. Oh, Renee uh, would want to show up. Renee naked. would totally show up naked. Renee, like, like right now, right here, for all all for this. Do you feel like Renee is a little bit too much like Nicolette Sheridan's character? Um. Do Do you feel like they just like swapped out actors? It was bizarre because. It was clear that Edie needed to leave the show based not just on the character, but but based on real based life. On Nicola. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of like instead of just saying, uh, you know, that voiceover that you hear on soap operas, and it's like today instead of football playing this role, we will have playing this role. Yeah. Because that's really what it was. But then they had to have storylines where car accidents and death and all these awkward yeah. things that weren't really beneficial to the show at all. Just to trade out the characters, I would have rather them just say, "Listen, same character, same character, same actor. name." But you know, I thought when when Renee first showed up uh, on the lane, and I have said before, I'm a huge Vanessa Williams fan. I think she's fantastic. I thought that her storyline was plausible and sort of like, okay, another woman on the lane who loves to yeah, dress like provocatively and be sort of. But now, as this episode, as this season continues uh, to go on, I do feel like. 
Edie's character and Renee's, they are, are just identical. They live in the same house. They dress the same way. Yeah. They talk about sex all the time. It's kind of like a one-trick pony for me. Yeah, and it's not even that I'm not enjoying her character. It's just exactly what you're saying. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen it the whole time. And if you're going to give us something new, either give us something completely new or don't pretend that it's new. One thing we haven't seen in a while is Bree's cooking. And I know she sort of randomly makes a batch of cookies every few episodes. But I actually really appreciated seeing her. I loved this scene in the kitchen where, where this guy, she's there at the homeless shelter and the guy pulls out the can. And she looks at him mortified like, you've got to be kidding me. This is what you serve people? Because remember last season when uh, her her book, her cookbook line was going well? And I feel like I would love to see more of her doing what she does best because it's passionate yeah exactly but i can't stop thinking about this cop who i know is this investigator who i know is going to come back in a future episode to bite her in the ass but in the meantime they're giving her a lot of good productive things to do and i really liked i like where they took the whole soup kitchen i like that they took a break from crazy cop yeah yeah me too exactly i mean and you we always talk about predictability every episode. It's so predictable that she's going to make some phenomenal soup. I actually wrote down what she, she made. Homemade soup. It's acorn squash bisque. She doesn't have that kind of accent, does she? No, but Gosh, I totally picture horrible. her with that as well. Um, acorn squash bisque, creme fraiche and dried sage. I mean, come on. Who really goes yeah, with I mean, all Yeah, she only has a little bit of time. Exactly. Right. She makes the, the soup by noon. <laughs> exactly. And these recipes just and ingredients just pop out of nowhere. You know. do, you, do you think there's going to be a bit of romance between I was just Brie and Ben? That. I was going to say this uh, in predictions. The, the problem is, I hope so. And that's a problem for me, uh, conflict of interest. Because Renee and life and I don't know, somebody take over. It's stressing me out. I really, well, <laughs> I was going to say this for predictions, but they hinted so much at that. Um, they have so many connections now. They have this homeless shelter. They have... This new land development, which has a whole nother prospect. Mm-hmm. And they're just getting so interconnected and they're showing them having so much in common, opposed to Ben's lack of similarity to Renee. And I feel like they're creating more chemistry between Brie and him. Than yeah, they even absolutely. Did between Renee and ben him. is too, like, put together. And I mean, the guy, for heaven's sakes, is. Asking Bree to speak to the local city council about this homeless housing development or something. Yeah. So someone who is really spending time to do something good in, like, the nonprofit sector, I don't think is going to fall for someone like Renee, who seems right. to only be thinking about sex all day I long. I mean, they had the moment where they reflected her background and how she does have, like, a little bit of a deeper level. But it's just there's not enough time of for us to have seen them together to like love that relationship, you know. Yeah. I feel like they haven't created a something that the audience wants to hold on to. But he's blown her off every time, though, right? He's never really Since given her the time then. of day. Since their moment, we haven't really seen them together. Didn't we see something about Renee though? Uh, I think it was last season, a couple seasons ago. Oh no, last season um, about being abused when she was younger. I, I know that something came out about. Why she didn't want to help somebody plan the birthday party or something like that. What, Sarah, something did when she was like on the couch and someone walked in on her crying, but I don't remember what the problem was. I know that she does have like some. Somebody committed suicide or something. Yes. That's, it was something. I think. Something along those lines. I don't know. But I remember thinking, huh, she does have a history. And now uh, with the, not last week, but the week before his episode, we, we do keep seeing little bits of Renee's life 
where there is more to her. So you never know. They could go that story route also. Uh, but they are making Brie and Ben uh, an item, more perhaps. compatible. More compatible, exactly. Well, Renee definitely, like, look at the scene with Renee and Lynette. Okay, well, they look cozy on the couch. We can't hear what they're saying, but they're actually talking about porn, if you remember. Renee was saying, like, oh, you've got to watch porn, blah, 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 whatever. And, of course, it's a risque, typical commentary for Renee, but she's really playing the role of encouraging friend. She's concerned about Lynette sitting there eating ice cream at home alone on her couch, and she says, I'm going to take you out. You've got to meet a man. And once in a while, it seems like Renee really comes in and says, listen, I'm going to put your needs ahead of my own. And uh, and then, of course, it didn't when, last very long. It didn't last very long. I was kind of surprised it because, again, like you see the softer side. Renee is saying, OK, I care about you as a friend. I'm going to take you out. And then all it takes is a split second for her to do a 180 and totally ditch Lynette. But yeah. That's, and that, but that's Renee. I mean, when she took out Brie to the bar to she took Brie out to the bar and she started flirting with the guy uh, Brian Austin Green and then like ditches she's like Brie go have your own I'm gonna go flirt with this guy yeah like she does that all the time you know what I mean she makes the effort she gets in there and she's like okay job's done now they can take care of it have you ever been ditched at a bar by a friend yes it sucks doesn't it I expect it I mean just because I have friends that are very like they want to talk to everyone so I'm not gonna be like I want them to stay with me. No, but it's different, though. Like, if you go to a bar specifically because you're having a hard time and a friend is saying, hey, I'm taking you out. We're going to sit together. We're going to drink these dirty martinis, and we're going to talk about how to make you happy and help you move on with your life. And then suddenly they're gone. Okay, that's never happened. I would actually be really mad about that. I I think that's not cool. That's never happened, but I've, like, gone out with people, but I guess you go with the intention that everyone's going to kind of yeah to like do their own thing and hang out yeah this wasn't supposed to be a let's go to the bar and both leave with separate people kind of thing exactly it it was supposed to be a well let's go out let's look around let's have a good time let's go home totally test the waters and go back to the bar you know what though i totally i said this last week roxy when you weren't here because i have i coming out of a relationship and I can identify so much with Lynette, and I think this is the reason why this is one of my favorite storylines right now. Because when you come out of a relationship and you've been with someone for years, the past few months I've gone to bars, I don't know, a couple of times, like to meet up with friends or whatever. And it can be totally depressing. It's Mm. like, oh, my gosh, I'm single again. I'm out, like, getting pushed around and having people scream in my ear and dump, like, a glass of red wine on me or something. I totally, totally feel for Lynette because I think that they yeah. have accurately captured what so many viewers out there can relate to and have felt or maybe currently are feeling right now. It's like they were talking about how they can meet a person and she first was looking at online dating and some people think that's lame. Some people think it's appropriate. Uh, meeting somebody at a bar, it's so risky. It's like you get there and like you're saying this whole – who are the people going there? Is it the people who are feeling the most lonely Is are the people that are just going to get drunk and want to take somebody home to yeah. have a one night stand. It's hard. It's really hard. And you get there and you know that you're one of those people at a bar and exactly. you're looking for somebody else. Yeah. I but don't. maybe there are other people out there like Lynette though. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, so all of these people who are going to bars, they're not, you know, they're not horrible rapists, 
They could be normal people who have experienced a bit of pain and really are honestly trying to connect with someone else normal. Same with the people online dating, though. Are they the losers that couldn't meet anybody else or are they the awesome people who are just looking to find somebody real? Like, it's just hard. You never know what people's intentions are, I guess. But you know what? You could meet, uh, like, my mom, her second husband, Mormon. They met, like, in a Mormon temple. And he turned out to be the biggest douchebag of all. I wish my mom was an alcoholic so she was out at a bar meeting some guy because she would have had better luck than him. Yeah. I'm telling you. You never know. I, I think that's what I was just going to say. 100%. That's the point. Like, no matter what situation you go to to meet someone, you never know. That, Bottom yeah. line. Yeah. You, you can only find love when you stop looking for it. Oh, my gosh. These nuggets of wisdom that you just randomly drop. I know. That is. I'm so inspirational. Do <laughs> you care to, sh- to share any more personal stories of love? Um, no, I, I thought my best comment of the night still was the come and the up. So uh, we can we can move on to the, the love business. Oh, my goodness. This certainly is not a family show tonight. Um, you Excuse know what? me. I'm still in Jersey Shore in my mind. <laughs> Why don't we take don't a little it. commercial break so we can all regroup? And then uh, we'll talk about some predictions for next week. How about that? Awesome. The biggest new media platform on the web just got bigger. More bandwidth, smoother streaming, lightning, fast download. And get technical with me. After Buzz TV is making the jump to hyperspace. Join the fun at your number one source for after show entertainment. Look at the size of that thing. After Buzz TV. And welcome back. What happened to our commercial? Yeah, uh, that- our our VO guy Rich, um, he's in the works of making some more amazing uh, VOs for us, and that's uh, one of our new commercials. Oh, cool! Oh, awesome! We'll be recycling them, but wow, that's great. So, uh, so next week's episode, I know you're all so bummed that I'm not going to be here. I'm actually going to Salt Lake because I have a one-year-old niece and a three-year-old niece. I'm going to take them trick-or-treating. So I'm not going to be around, but on Sunday night, maybe I'll call in so you fine ladies, you know, you we can, can have a nice... tell us about your costume and what you put together and do all of well, that. Well, do you want to tell everybody what you are being forced to be? Yes, I am being forced to dress as Lynette from Desperate Housewives. Yeah. I, I see comparisons. No, no. Actually, that is – no, that's a joke. That would kind of be epic. Yeah. That would be epic. The thing is when you live in L.A., you have so many Halloween costumes because every year it's like – I was at a Halloween par- party a couple nights ago. I was a Mormon missionary. I am going to be like something 15. different on Friday. There are so many, and you can't be the same thing at every party. I was just Sully from Monsters, Inc. Wait a minute. I was Dory from Finding Nemo. Why can't you oh, be that's the a- same thing? Dude, why can you not be the same thing? Uh, Facebook, photos, exactly. in costume, different places. Los Angeles, Social the most suicide. judgmental city on the planet. People well, like me who will judge you if you wear the same costume and I see you on Facebook. Be more creative than be that. Judged, then. No, no, no. It's epic. And let's what know, is it? Okay, but if it's something, that's the only condition. If you have something that's completely amazing epic. or that you put so, so much effort into it, then I think you should be able to wear it for like the full week. No way. Are you going to tell me, like, those people who, like, go to conventions and make those head-to-toe Warcraft costumes? You mean Comic-Con people? Yeah, those people should all be in mental institutions, first of all. Are you arguing for them? Yes. (laughs) Honestly, I think that if you make an epic costume, maybe you can bring it back next year and and have a religious... That's way more social suicide to bring back a costume from the year before. No, you can't wear the same costume back to... First of all, I sweat on Halloween. I got that B.O. You want to wash that thing? 
I'm not going as a housewife when I go to Salt Lake because imagine me trick-or-treating in the suburbs of Salt Lake and meeting all my Mormon neighbors and I'm dressed in drag. No, that's not going to happen, people. Well, you should have with those legs that you showed us last week. What? I, I, what? I was wearing shorts under the desk last week. Long story. So oh, okay. so next week's episode. Yeah, I want to talk about Lynette and Tom a little bit. I feel well, like. Let's talk about them. I, I'm, I'm just freaking out about their marriage and, and whether they're going to be okay. I think they are going to be okay. We already I really gave the, do. The spoiler alert for that—that that they are going to be okay. They're just playing around with our emotions. Okay. okay. Well, and we also I, see I, them. I know. I just don't see. I, I know. I, I'm worried. I'm worried about this couple. But in one of the early scenes of this episode, though, when when Lynette and Tom are sitting in their therapist's office, and the therapist lays it out and says, "Okay, look, you're not only trying to survive day to day. You've got to figure out: Are you moving Your uh, goal. apart?" Yeah, what's your goal? Are you moving apart, or ultimately, are you going to try to get back together? And I feel like, come on, they can't tease us. We love Lynette and Tom. We love their kids. Well, redheads. I, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. And so I feel like they sort of threw, threw that out there, and I think we will see that through. I just don't understand, though, how it was so Lynette anti being with Tom, and now it's so opposite. Where where was that change? Oh, I completely get that. I she was anti because she freaked out because she th- found out that he was even considering maybe having sex with someone else. So she freaked out and was like, oh, I'm going to get revenge and do this too. And oh, then no, she has that's this- not what I'm talking oh, about. I'm saying when she originally talk- talking about episodes and episodes ago where she was like, I don't want to get back with you. It was, I it, don't want to do It was this. the night when she had the nightmare yeah. and she went over to stay with Tom and they ended up hooking up. And the next day Tom said, hey, if, you're, if you want to get back together, I'm totally open to that. And she then had that she moment. It was no. like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's not what I meant at all. I do not want to get back together. And now she seems a little more open and he's more closed off. But, that, but that's that why this episode – I feel like everything turned in this episode because yeah. the whole scene where she goes to the bar, she meets the guy who th- she thinks is the valet, goes home with him. They start hooking up. Her wedding ring falls off. I feel like that wedding ring scene with the shag carpet – that. Anxiety. Oh my god. Oh wow. We I were was, sweating bullets. I was freaking out. I was totally like clawing at her. Honestly, that's so awkward for all parties involved. What do you do if you're Lynette in that situation? What do you do if you're that poor guy? Oh, oh, honey. So awkward. Oh, so awkward. And I don't know. What do you do? You just say, "Oh, I can't find my ring." Oops. Let me just leave it there. Like she had no option. It was so awkward, and we saw it coming. Oh. But she kind of had a meltdown, too, because when her ring wouldn't come off and then it fell into the carpet, she had sort of a panic attack. Yeah. And when he came out there and was uh, – when he came out and said, oh, you want to do it right here? And then was kind of uh, being funny and she was like, no, no, don't make jokes right now. This is not a time to joke, joke around. I mean she really was like, ooh, it's kind of awkward to say – to you know, for someone you just met yeah. to see you having this meltdown. I wanted him to be more – But it's so important. I don't understand why you really, really care. Like you, someone you just met one time. Sorry, this is my train of thought. I'm just like, it's her wedding ring. I would totally have a mental breakdown. I wouldn't even feel embarrassed after. But she knew that it went into the carpet. It's not like it was, you know. Yeah, it's not like, where to go? Oh, my she God. She knew I, she I, would where? find it yeah. eventually, right? Yeah. But yeah. Those Sorry. rugs are only so big. I wanted him to be more of an asshole. I didn't like what a great guy he was because then I was like, oh, do I see potential with Lynette and him? 
And I was thinking about that, and I didn't want to think about that. I wanted him to be some douchebag who was like, listen, bitch, either screw me or get out. No, but I liked that he was good. <laughs> no, I liked that he was good because it shows even more that she has feelings for Tom. Because if it's yeah. some douchebag, it's so That's easy true. to say no to. If you're saying right. no to someone who's really good, that means that there's something like... That's true. I love like, that he said to her, it's okay, whole... I understand, you're not ready for it. You, that's totally right. That's totally right. She could have easily walked out if some guy had you're been right. being inappropriate. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected. But you know what? I thought that storyline was also going to go someplace else, too, because he mentioned twice um, when she thought he was the valet. He was like, oh, yeah, some gay guy I work with said yeah. Vesta really in. Shouldn't have worn this. And then they get home. The ring is in the carpet. Oh, yeah, some gay guy I work with said that shag carpet was in. I guess I shouldn't let him design my place. I thought it was like there were kind of a lot of references. Yeah. Are we going to see him again? Mm, I doubt, doubt it. it. Just a, he was a really doubt player. it. I think he was a, a Screen Actors Guild day player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But by the way, s- speaking of gay neighbors, um, we only saw oh Lee. <laughs> we only saw Lee in this one episode, and this was part of the Susan art class storyline when awesome. she's trying to get comfortable with her body, and she says, "I, you know, I am going to be naked here." Of course, she's she's naked in the classroom when she's making breakfast naked, and Mike comes down and is like, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah. By the way, he should have been like, "Hey, what's going on?" Not like, "Oh, this is weird." Yeah, exactly. Mike was, was like. Weird. Totally Stoic. blank face. Yeah, bizarre. So when they're sitting at the table and she hears Lee at the door and she says, like, oh, my best gay. And she runs up to the door and flings it open. And he says, this is Bob's mother of God. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. I thought I was going to lose it. It's just so funny because he played this. I thought maybe the mom was going to come back at some point. She played no part in the rest of the episode. Um Bob and Lee both were not in the rest of the episode. It was only the comic relief of the moment. Hysterical. So worth it. It's so worth it. So worth it. Somebody was like, this would be okay, epic. Let's I'm, just stick it in there. <laughs> I'm going to drag you both back to predictions. Okay. Yes. Thank you for reining us in. We're reining you both we in. we got a show to I'll wrap up. The game moments. Whatever. Sarah. I feel like Can't most of the predictions are, are pretty obvious. And the one that is the biggest cliffhanger for me is when Ben takes Bree out into the woods to show... The location where this uh, low-income housing, whatever, is going to be built. It just so happens to obviously be the place where they buried the dead body first episode. Right. So what does that mean, my ladies? Uh, well, we see in predictions, we see them going to dig up the body. Uh, the what body the hell do there? you do with that body? Uh, maybe you should have dumped it in the river instead of the forest? I don't know. Who's going to be the first to dig it up? That's my question. The first what? To dig it up. Free. Well, I love no. the the fact that this is totally coming back to them because, of course, this couldn't be just the secret that everyone forgot about. Of course they have to dig up the body. Of course. Of course. Why would they not be? And move it? It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a mess, whatever happens. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, and now we've got Bree's ex-cop with a serious vendetta against her. Yes, the investigator Chuck, right? Chuck, Chuck. is going to show up and— Why didn't... Sorry. Why didn't what? I was just like, why didn't they just, like, burn the body or something? I don't know. We're not murderers. We're not that sophisticated. And clearly, they are not either because they just stuffed him in a trunk and drove him to I the woods. I don't know how I would get rid of a body. I don't even know what how, how would you do that. I don't know. But the good news is you have a full week to think about that before next week's show. Hopefully, I have a full lifetime to not think about that, actually. That is the better way to look <laughs> at it. I would agree. You guys know that I'm going to be calling you both up one night, like, two in the morning. How do I get rid of a body? You're going to freak out, and I'll be like, no, I was just thinking about Desperate Housewives. 
Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Please let it not be true. Well, happy Halloween, everybody, next week. And uh, I guess I will be yeah. your call-in guest on next week's show. Yeah. Oh, Yay. that's exciting. We get to see the costumes. Who looks the sexiest next week? Oh, I don't know. Are you two going to dress up for the show? Yep. Are you really? I hadn't thought about it until you said it, but now I'm definitely doing that. Okay, well, it's not my homework assignment, but if you two want to go for it, then have at it. We'll each dress up like a housewife. Oh, yeah, we're going all out. If we don't dress up as housewives for next week's episode, I think that sometime, because this is the eighth and final season... Maybe we need we to dress up is our favorite characters we from the show. So should we do that now or should we do that then? Why what? can't I be like, I don't know, Tom? No. Because it'd be funnier if you were doing that. I'll dress as the women if, if you're you'll dress be a boy, as the men. You've got to be Carlos. <laughs> oh, great. My favorite character. Um, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Derek Shore along with Sarah Stratton, Roxy Stryer, DJ Jesse in the booth. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we're fans of the Housewives. We hope you are too. Please call us or tweet us. Anytime you like, we're always here at AfterBuzz TV. Thanks, guys. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Buzz, see you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.